A long time in the future in the Milky Way galaxy, it's the Vercozicast. Each month, join Nancy and Robin as they read through the Vercozican saga by Lois McMaster Bujold. From Borear to Jackson's Hole, from Cordelia to Miles, it's time to jump through a wormhole and explore the galactic nexus. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 10 of the Vorkrizicast. I'm your host, Nancy. And I'm your host, Robin. Today we're going to be discussing the first half of the civil campaign. Um, and we're not going to do any business at the beginning because we've got a lot to talk about, which is why we split it up into two. Yes, we split it up into two because <laughs> you heard how long the memory episode was and that's not even our favorite book. Nope. It's this nope, one. Yay, we're finally, <laughs> finally made it. <laughs> also, we're in, we're in the double digits. Woohoo. What a good I think we bu- only have like, what, six, five more, six more? Um, <laughs> Diplomatic Immunity, <laughs> Captain yes. for Patrols Alliance. Oh my god, I love that book. Cryo Burn and yep. Gentleman Joel. Gentleman Joel. So four. <laughs> oh. And then what we can we start do? the Chalian podcast. Oh, yeah, no, we should. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. No. Oh, because I have I an- really I have another project I I promised someone I would do. Well, I'm going to miss our I'm going to miss this. <laughs> well, we still have four more months, Robin. That's true. Excuse me. <laughs> Let me not get ahead of myself. Yes. And we have two episodes on this one book. Yes. So we're excited. Yep. It's good stuff. Yes. And we, All right, so and let's we, get to it. Yeah, we saw each other in person this past we month. Did. And we talked about the Rokosigan books. <laughs> and, and our partners were like oh my god and the, these books again again <sighs> guys ladies our plan come to, on our plan to get them to read them is not it working. hasn't worked it is no. not working it's nope. not working for a lot of people but i'm trying my hardest we're trying to take over the world with workos again <laughs> i mean yeah they they have at least on one planet <laughs> that's so true okay all right so a civil campaign was first published in september 99 one year after komar and continues miles and a katarin's love story it also gives points of view to uh miles or to mark and a katarin which we've read before in different books but also kareen and ivan who are new to us as pov characters so it's very exciting. This is a unique book in that it has so many different POVs. And um, I, I'm i interested into as to why she decided to do that versus the other books. But um, well, I feel like part of it and, and I haven't read anything about this, but so I could just be pulling this out of the air. <laughs> but every book seems to have a very distinct style. Yeah. Like um, a detective novel. Yes. Like Komar is like a detective novel. No, yes. not Komar. Yes. Yes, Komar. Yes. I think Komar, yeah, Komar is. Well, Komar and is like a mystery. Immunity. Yeah. yeah. Diplomatic Immunity is like a detective novel. Uh, Komar is like a mystery. This one is like a, a romantic comedy. Right. And. Um, In- in very fine sort of there are moments that I felt like I was reading when I was in theater school, we did a lot of French farce 
Mm-hmm. type things where one person's running in one door and they just miss the other person because <laughs> they ran out the other door. And I felt very much like that was happening in this book. Like, I don't, it's very funny. Yes. Um, so it's it's very much like a romantic com- comedy. And mm-hmm. it's, it's funny because like, like, there are some parts of this book, of, of the whole series, really, that are so science fiction. And then there are other ones that are just, like, sh- they could be straight out of, like, I don't know, a Victorian novel or something. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm actually trying to find the be- very beginning of the book. Um, yes. So the beginning of, of A Civil Campaign, the... It's dedicated um, as follows. For Jane, Charlotte, Georgette, and Dorothy, long may they rule. And Georgette Hire. Yep. Uh, and, and the Brontes. Yes. What's the last one? Uh, Jane, Charlotte, Georgette, and Dorothy. And oh, I, I don't know who Dorothy. Who's Dorothy? Um, we're going to look it up because I know that they have... Um, I should have, you know, done this beforehand, but whatever. <laughs> That's okay. It's real time. It is real time. <laughs> it's so the subtitle apparently on Wikipedia is a comedy of biology and manners. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what it's like, um, like a comedy of manners. Yes. The title is an homage to the Georgette Hire novel A Civil Contract. And like Hire's historical romances, the novel focuses on romance, comedy, and courtship. It is dedicated to Jane, Charlotte, Georgette, and Dorothy, likely the novelists Jane Austen, Charlotte Bronte, Georgette Hire, and either Dorothy L. Sayers or Dorothy Dunnett. I don't know either one of those people. But if um, I've read Jane Austen and the Brontes, and I've read Georgette Hire, so if Bujold is recommending. Who are they again? <laughs> no, Dorothy, Dorothy L. Sayers or Dorothy Dunnett. Dunnett. D-U-N-N-E-T-T. No um, idea. So, yeah, it's like I- I've said this before on the podcast, but these books were published by Bain. The pu- mm-hmm. And that publisher is known for being a lot more hard sci-fi than other um, publish- sci-fi publishers. Um a lot of military sci-fi comes from Bane. So it just boggles my mind that these books are published by Bane. Like, and I think it's just because, like, the publisher was just starting out, I think, when she, when they bought her three books. And so they've just been kind of grandfathered in that they're her publisher. Right. But, like, because if you, if you, if you go and look at the books that are published by Bane, and then think of like this one as fitting in. It's like it just doesn't. No. And I nope. wonder if people picked it up to read it and were just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is a rom-com in space. And not really even in space because it's nope. just on the one planet, like Borear. It's it's basically a futuristic historical fiction book. That's mind-boggling. A futuristic historical fiction, but it's not even that. It is truly like a, a romantic comedy. Yeah, it is a comedy of manners. That's so much. That's much better description. Um, <laughs> it's like those 18th century 
comedy of manners. And they're so funny. Yeah. They're so funny. Um, I mean, this has serious bits and pieces, but you've got like kittens under terrines. <laughs> oh my and... God, that part is so, I forgot about that. And I just like, <laughs> I really wished that I had a terrine so I could put uh-huh. it over my cat, put it over the cat and see yep. if she mm-hmm. purred like that. <laughs> yep. And then Ivan is just sort of the classic um, oh, like, rogue stereotype yes. in all of this. Yes. Like he's he's a dandy. He, he can't be bothered. He's actually, I would disagree with that. I think the dandy is Byerly Verutier. Yeah, but <laughs> but he's not really. Okay, maybe not in this book, but in Captain Verpatrol's Alliance, I think then Ivan becomes the hero. Yes, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is he's his journey. For sure. This is his journey. Toward yep. being the re- very reluctant hero, he yes, does not oh want this. I think, I think that may be my favorite. We're, we're way ahead of several books <laughs> ahead of ourselves. Yes, but I think Ivan's character development and the way he's written in Captain Four Pastoral's Alliance may be my favorite arc of the book. Yeah, I mean of the series. There are so many good character arcs in the series, and I think. This is I think it's a good time to talk about them with this book because this book is there I mean the plot is great but this book is very very character driven. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and the fact that there are five different POVs you're getting so many so much more. Like Mark Mark doesn't change as much in this book as the others I think but mm-hmm. I think it's like the conclusion of his arc of learning to be a human um and learning he's had most of his arc yeah but he's like basically becoming realizing that he has he has his family now Mm -hmm. and there's that really nice um reflection which is in the latter part of the book but i mention it now when he says something like you you he was starting to realize you could you could have you couldn't just have one family you could possibly have two you uh-huh. know um there's Corrine who we haven't really spent much time with um she's been mentioned in other books she was pre- I think she's been mentioned in like almost all the books yeah and she's she was in Mirror Dance um I can't remember if she was in Memory or not um i think she was yeah i think she was i no 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 she was on she was on beta that's right but um but they mentioned her um yes and they mentioned all the kudelka girls at some point yes and so in this is really like very interesting because we're getting like a proles (laughs) point of view (laughs) basically um and a and really really young woman um she's like 19 or something um like a baby um remember when that felt so old yeah yeah um and you know it's it's really nice to get her point of view especially because barrier is what it is yep um and then a katarin like i feel for her so much in this book (laughs) for obvious reasons yep um not only did I experience a, you know, bad relationship like her, I, it, to be fair, it was not as bad as a Catarin's. <laughs> However, <laughs> the feelings uh, were similar. Um, 
But I also found romance not long afterward and was thinking, oh, God, oh, God, do I want to do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it does give you a little trauma, which Ekaterin had. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's Miles, uh, who I would say goes through the bulk of his arc in memory, but he is... In memory, he learned to, like, be a Rokosigan, but now he's learning to, like, have empathy. And you right. brought this up earlier when we were texting about it <laughs> and yes. said you were going to think about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I think that his... Miles hasn't had to have a lot of empathy. I mean, he's a kind person, but he hasn't had to really put himself in somebody else's shoes mm-hmm. because why would he? <laughs> he has everything he could ever possibly have wanted. Mm-hmm. So he's kind, but he's not empathetic. Yeah. And until he realizes, until it's frame, until his mother frames for him how how he made someone feel and relates it to something that happened to him he doesn't understand that he can affect other people that way and i think that's just a a problem of his privilege yeah i you know yeah and plus like i mean i think also it's hard for miles to put himself in other people's shoes because of the because of what he's gone through in his life, like with his disabilities, like for him, I would think he he feels like he's already gone through so much crap. Like he's had a pretty, you know, bad life when it comes to his all, physical, like all of the procedures he's had to go through mm-hmm. in his childhood. You know, he probably feels like, oh, well, you know, I know what I know what it's like because I, you know, had a hard time with all these surgeries when I was a kid. <laughs> but right. not realizing that, you know, just because other people don't necessarily have the same problems as you doesn't mean their problems aren't valid. Um right. And and all of his problems up to now I mean really have been able be, because he's Miles Vorkos again mm-hmm. have sort of solved themselves. Yes, like he got like, into he like he there were, he wouldn't even have a chance to get into the academy and flunk with, and flunk out if he had just been a normal guy. Right. No. Uh-uh. And then after he does flunk out and you know conjures up a mercenary fleet, you know, hit his dad and Ilion and him kind of figure out how he can get out of, you know, right. being and convicted if, and of treason they- and use the fleet for good. And then even when he completely Fs up and, you know, by all and for anyone else, they could have been court-martialed for what he did. And I Ilion mean, he probably should have been like nine times. Yes. And Ilion, you know, Miles was like, can't you do something because of my dad? And Ilion's like, that's why you're getting off easy right now. Right. Because right. of who your dad is. Yeah. Um, and, and, and thus far, everything in his life that's needed to be fixed has been able to be fixed because of who he is and his family's power. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you can't fix a broken heart with power. <laughs> no. And he's... 
he's learning that lesson in this right. first part of this book. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a different book from the rest of the series, both in the number of POVs it has, but also the type of book it is. Um, and I, it is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, it is delightful. And this will forever be a comfort book for me. To yeah, read. I've listened to it twice <laughs> uh, after my initial read because I often will um, listen to books to fall to, to fall asleep. Yes. So I'll put on my sleep timer in my Audible app, which is an ad now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll put the sleep timer on, and I don't get more than ten or fifteen minutes into it. You know, I'm. I'm soothed to sleep in 10 or 15 minutes. (laughs) But uh, one of the ones that I have listened to two more times through is a civil campaign just because it's so delightful. Like there's nothing I know the stakes are fairly low. Um, They're low for the planet, but they're high for the characters. Right. But but now that I know what's happening, they're fairly low too, because right. you know, you know everything's no going to work out fine. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so everyone is, um, you know, mostly nice to each other, even yeah. when Miles is being an idiot. It's like how, so I don't know if you saw the movie Love, Simon. Um, no. But you should. Okay. It's great. That's um, what I've heard. I just... The f- haven't gotten around to seeing it. The first it. time I saw it, I sobbed a lot. And it okay. was very stressful. Right. Um And then, you know, spoiler alert, it had the most delightful ending. And <laughs> I bought it when it came out on, you know, streaming. Because it's one of those movies I'll go back and just watch for, yep. you know, comfort. You know, yep. even though horrible things happen during it, I know... That it's all going to work out fine in the end. Okay, and that's yeah, I, what this book I'm is. Into, I'm into fairly low stakes media at the moment. Um, yeah, understandable things. Things that I know end well. Um, good romantic comedies, which there are not enough of. No, I'm well, Love Simon is. There. Love Simon is. There A you good, go. Okay. Have you watched to all the boys I've loved before on Netflix? I have it. So freaking Isn't cute. it so cute? It's so cute. <laughs> I did not expect to be that delighted by it, but I absolutely was. Yes. Um same but but to tie it back to tie that back to the book. It's <laughs> the same sort of feel. Yeah. It's not high school, obviously, and there's more politics and there's subplots, and that one is fairly straightforward with its plot. Um <laughs> But that's what I needed. Um, but it's the same sort of feeling. I mm-hmm. was just delighted when I finished yeah. this book. Like, straight up delighted. It's also how I feel about Berear, even though Berear is a lot heavier of a book. Mm-hmm. The ending is just worth it for me. Yep. And I feel <laughs> I feel delighted about Captain Four Pastoral's Alliance, too. Yeah. Um, I definitely need to read that one again. Um the, I hope the, you like it better on your second read. The I, beginning of it is definitely delightful for me. Like the whole oh yeah. the whole first half, I was like, this is the best. <laughs> this is amazing. And I can't wait to talk about Ivan and his groats. Yeah. Like, so yeah, uh, Ivan, you know, he definitely starts his character arc in this book. Like mm-hmm. 
he is, you know, he's always been that idiot Ivan. And this is the first book where we realize that that idiot Ivan is... He's actually a little bit smarter than you think. He's smarter than you think. He's smarter than he thinks. And it might just all be an act. But it's... But the, the thing is, I don't think it's an act. I think it's just his pure subconscious, which is yep. why I think he's really extremely smart. Um, but he doesn't know it and he doesn't want to know it, which is fine for him, you know. And yep. really, like, you know, he really doesn't have a bad career. Like, he works in ops. He's a he's a captain. Um, you know, he, yeah, he's, he's pretty high up. He works for... Uh... Oh no, I can't remember his name. Well, but he doesn't start working for him until later. The ad- oh, really? admiral, yeah. So in this yeah. book, he's still working for ops, but he, you know, he basically goes through the progression that everyone's supposed to go through in the imperial service. Right, and by the time we get to, I think it's Captain Vorpatrel. He says something about he's not that far off from being a twenty-year man. Yeah. Yeah, because... And I was like, oh my lord, you're right, but you're so young. Yeah, Captain Verpatrol, he's he's 15, 15 years in, I would say. Right. Because they, yeah. they get out when they're 20, and he's 35 in that book. Yes, which is just, we've followed them from... Right? Know, <laughs> when from they're the 17? Of their career, yeah. <laughs> Before just, their career? Yep, it's really I good. I mean, we met, I, we, you know, we saw Ivan when he was impotent with the set of gandons and had to use his mouth <laughs> yep <laughs> the, the thing i remember most about ivan from that book is when he snapped the kitten off the kitten tree oh and my I god was just like what and 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 now there's all the kittens i know and he's like <laughs> my, in every book my favorite part is when you know miles covers up the kitten and then ivan comes in for breakfast and he's like looking at the terrain and like listening and then picks it up and goes oh one of you and then <laughs> and then he just like puts it back down but then he picks up the kitten and he's holding the kitten and like petting the kitten i'm like oh you have yeah. some domesticity in you ivan <laughs> ivan's a big softy he is so let's get into the different the various plots of this book which are really okay. the various characters and their relations with each other so the main one that is like what basically this book is advertised as is the continuation of Miles and Ekaterin's courtship. So when we last left them, they were flirting heavily in front of Aunt Vorthus. Which made me laugh. And you get the impression like something's going to happen. However, um, time has passed. Ekaterin is like, oh... He was just joking. And Miles is like, oh, I can't do anything because she's in her mourning year. Um, And like a normal person would be like, well, I'll be her friend. And then, you know, you know we'll, we'll see what we'll happens. From there. Yes, yeah. I'll give her her space for a year. I'll be her friend. And if she decides she's interested, then she is. If she's not, well, okay. But Miles, right. Miles is Miles, and he has decided that she is the future Lady Verkozigan, I mean, whether she wrong, whether she but... likes it or not. Um, yes. and he's, My- Miles has never met a task 
that he has not accomplished. That is true. And I believe it's in this book, and I can't remember if it's in the first half or the second half, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. (laughs) When someone says, like, have you ever heard about the... um, the woman who gave the suitor like three impossible tasks and they're like, just don't ever do that with miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> because he'll just, he does accomplish them. He doesn't know the. you know what it's like. And you're going to laugh at this okay. comparison. I hope I'm you ready. do because this is why we're friends. Um, <laughs> it's like in the Devil Wears Prada when yes. Miranda tells her to get the Harry Potter book. <laughs> Thinking it'll be an easy way to fire her, but then she does it anyway. Then she does it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so Miles decides that it's not good enough to just live in the same city as Ekaterin and figure out ways to be her friend. Like a normal person. Right. He's gonna, like you could go have tea yeah. or and it coffee. Would, and like she's in her morning year. So she could do all of those things and have it be completely, um, you know, benign. Right. You know, she could bring you Mickey could. with her. He could. She could have her over and visit his colleague, you know. Yep. Like. But that's not what Miles does. No. He hires her to design his garden, which is a nice thing to do. I mean, it's a big job. She's still relatively inexperienced. So she, of course, thinks this is a wonderful opportunity. But the fact that he's doing it as a way to get close to her taints the whole thing. Uh And that he does this without her knowing taints the whole thing. Um, so he so he does this. He thinks it's a great idea. Yeah, um, he is like gung-ho about this. Yes. And she is gung-ho about it. She's got these great ideas to make a briar and garden. It's going to look so pretty after there just being an empty lot on the block. Um, but then the problem Miles has is while Miles is completely full of himself, mm-hmm. he's also aware of his limitations. And when it comes to love, there are several of them. One being his height. Um, you know, he knows that there are a lot of women on Berear who will not give him the time of day. Time of day. Even though he's heir to a countship. Um, I feel like he... I feel like he underestimates how much that would go for certain women. But the countship? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh but, totally. But Miles being Miles does not want those women. No. And Ivan has even said, you know, it's a law of averages, you know. I just keep asking until someone says yes. You mm-hmm. ask one person and they say no and you want to, you know, You're like done forever. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Ivan has a point. <laughs> sort of like online dating. Exactly. Or, you know, trying to publish a book. <laughs> if you send enough queries, eventually someone has to say yes. You just keep throwing things at a wall until something sticks. 
<laughs> and you know, you improve in the meantime. You improve your technique. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but Miles, so he knows that he's very insecure about that the the type of woman he wants is will not want him in a romantic mm-hmm. way, and like the people from uh the people that he's been with before mostly ellie did not want to go to barayar and be with him you know ellie loved him but she loved him as admiral naismith yes she didn't love um the heir to the countship right so he definitely needs someone who understands all that and of course katarin does Mm -hmm. um and the other the other problem is that so it's you know it's his appearance it's it's the, him his his prior experiences but like i think he he just like he doesn't have the confidence when it comes to this arena you know mm-hmm. whereas his whole other like career and even in the the being an auditor now like he's pretty confident but when it comes to women he he's like i i don't know (laughs) (laughs) when it comes to like real relationships yeah like meaningful relationships Mm -hmm. i think is where he stumbles because obviously I mean, he had a thing with Tora. Yeah. Which was completely ill-advised. On so many levels. Like, she... His his way to make her feel like a human was to sleep with her. When, you know, a normal person would be like, well, let's talk. Let's be friends. (laughs) (laughs) But he he is Yeah, but that's not Miles. Mm -mm. And, Um, um... his other problem is that um, Berear has a shortage of women who are of his age. Um, it's true. And even the younger ones are being paired off. Um, so he, ne- he, he feels like this. there is a time limit. He needs to get in, stake his claim on a Katarin um, before all these other fools come calling. And they do. Because they're stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but Miles doesn't realize that a Katarin has no interest in any of them. And if he had just been her friend, he would have realized that. <laughs> yeah, but that's, again, that's not who Miles is. Nope. Miles and just sees this as a problem to be conquered. It's like a, a woman military. To be won. It's like a military career, for, like, yep. a, a, like a military op for him. Yep. Yeah. And that's not how people work. No. It is not. <laughs> so, um So yeah, they he, you know, has her come over, shows her Varkosian house. Um all of the armsmen are kind of like very curious about her. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that story is because you don't really know what their viewpoint is. Do they like her? Do they want her to be there? And it's not until later on where you realize, oh, 
they want her to stay <laughs> because they, they know Miles her. needs her. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and you know they have a nice breakfast together. He's they go over the plans for the garden. He's like, "You're gonna be great," blah blah blah, and he thinks this is the best plan. Ivan comes over and spoils their breakfast, and Miles is like, "Ivan, don't even think about it." And he's like, "What? <laughs> she's she's free, whatever." And like, he's let Miles gets so pissed off, and Ivan is finally like, "Okay, okay," like, "Oh, whoops." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I'm I'm not interested," but I can't say anyone else is, and like, he's got this plan to like make other guys go around to just, you know, mess with Miles. Um, and he says something later, he says something in this conversation that will become a big plot point later on, which is, again, how Bouchold foreshadows all of this without you even realizing it. Um, when he says, some, when he says, he jokes around about Miles killing Tien to get with a Katarine, and uh -huh. Miles is like, I pray you, Lord Rapatrol, to never say anything like that again. <laughs> and, like, the way he says it, it's just like, whoa. Like, I don't think I've ever heard I or Miles call him Lord Rapatrol before. Nope. So you know it's a big deal. And then he, like, you know, says basically... I can't tell you what happened. It's real split, slit your throat stuff, and I'm not even kidding. Um, and so he's just like, okay, okay, whatever. And then later on, you realize that <laughs> that is a big problem. <laughs> yep. That Miles cannot tell anyone what happens on Komar. But um, so that's the basis of their plot. Anything else you want to add to Miles and a Katarin? Miles and a Katarin? Um, well, let me say Nikki is delightful. He is. I really, I really like Nikki. Like, I think he's one of the best kid characters in a book I've read. Mm -hmm. Um, he's just he's written perfectly for that age. Um, but he's and he's not annoying. I was um, gonna say he's not super annoying. Yeah. He's just, you know, a a nine-year-old boy, you know, who loves Unlike his I've mom. Unlike I've known nine-year-olds that I liked. Mm -hmm. I've known nine-year-olds I didn't like. Were <laughs> um. some of them related to you? <laughs> no, I like all of them. You like of all of them. Well, Good. I don't know that I liked my sister when she was nine, <laughs> but that would have made me like 14, mm -hmm. so... Yeah. Would, did I like anyone at 14? I don't think so. Right. I was I was in my goth phase at fourteen. <laughs> well, so, you you were reading uh, you were reading Mara Jade books at that point. I was. I was. <laughs> Do you ever think how amazing Mara Jade and Cordelia would get along? <gasps> you can't say things like that to me <laughs> because that's like. <laughs> That's like my my all time favorite character fantasy. It's right across like, over. Right across yeah, over. Can, can you imagine Cordelia and Mara just sitting down? Oh my god. 
<laughs> they would take over the planet in two days. <laughs> Maybe not even. They need like 24 hours. I feel like Errol would just be sitting in between the two of them, just looking back and forth like a, like a tennis match. And just, be, yes. and just be like, hello, we are here today to do this. <laughs> He's just calling Go. the match. Go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be too funny. I might write that. I might have to write that. <laughs> we both said the same thing at the same time. Yep, same Jinx. time. Jinx. Well, let's like we can use it as a writing prompt. Like we see can. what you come up with and see what I come Oh up my god, with. we can yes. We should do that. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> um I speaking of that, um, I told you I found some really good Verkozgin fic on AO3. Truth. Um, I might have to like start looking through all the tags. Um, oh, yeah, I found. A- I remember that one whole. <laughs> I was like, "Well, there goes your afternoon," and I, you were like, "Well, I already read it." <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was good. It was about Gringer and Ivan, <laughs> which I didn't think I'd be into. But it was really and good. Then you were. Yep. <laughs> There's another one with Simon and Errol, which again didn't think I'd be into. And but yet. it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a, a a good novel or a good fic is is good, regardless. Yes. Like, if they've managed to build their. I've, I've seen a lot of Miles and Gregor, which I'm not into. But I mm, might have no. to read one just to see. Um. And also Miles and Ivan, which also not into. No, because those are like relatives to me. Well, Ivan is also Gregor's relative, but. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a yeah. little weird. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. No, nope, little weird for me. Yeah. I mean, it's not the weirdest thing that's happened on uh, Brayhar. <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> uh, it's also certainly not the weirdest thing that's been written in fan fiction. No. Um, by a long shot. Right? Um, yeah. I really like um, Ekaterin in this book. She's wonderful. I mean, I loved her in Komar, but I love seeing her like trying to figure out her place in the world and mm-hmm. like be an independent person. And, like, her, like, starting to realize her feelings for Miles, but she also thinks, like, Miles would never want to be with her. Um, It was very um, relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But, like, it's, like, it was just really nice to see, because she is, like, quote-unquote a normal person. (laughs) Among all of these Verkozigans and Verpatrols and Verbaras. And, like, I just really like her point of view as a character, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Especially later on in the book. Um, Yeah, the the beginning is hard to sort of talk about their relationship and, and how much I like her. Yeah. I like her. I mean, I like her regardless, but... As we get into the latter half of the book is when I'm yeah, more ecstatic about them. Right. Um, so we also get um, Corrine and Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark, uh, Corrine comes home from Beta Colony. 
Um, her family is all there to meet her at the shuttle port. It's very cute. Um, I love the Kudelkas, except for when they're being mean to Mark. Um, yeah, no, that's not adorable. No, but um, she and Mark have been lovers <laughs> on Beta Colony for several months, I guess. Um, and she has returned to Berea for the first time and is very unsure of who she is supposed to be. Because she felt one way on Beta Colony and she felt like she was starting to know who she was and the person she wanted to be. And then she came back to Borear, which, you know, many of the woman characters have said wants to put them in boxes. Um, And it was also very relatable. You know, obviously, Borear has a lot more... uh, problems for women than earth does thankfully yes finally someone worse than us <laughs> <laughs> maybe not for long yeah well yeah <laughs> but um but you know like she is not an equal citizen um she very much feels like she's still under her dad's household um and like they're really and she can't even have full custody of her child without Mm -hmm. getting his next male relative to okay it yeah so like you know kareen is just very much like i don't know what i'm doing here (laughs) like i like brayar is basic there's no dating on brayar really there's Mm -hmm. courting and that's pretty much it and she doesn't want mark to court her um, she just wants what they had on Beta Colony, and unfortunately, that's not possible on Berear, at least what she thinks. Um, and so Mark, poor Mark, is just like, I will do whatever you want. <laughs> like, literally, that's all. He is just what Kareen wants, Kareen gets. And uh, it's very sweet. But it's also part of his problem of not having any self-esteem. <laughs> right. Um, and he has done a lot of work on Beta Colony in therapy. And um, he still has the black gang. But he's sort of, you know, has them under control mostly. He's managed to tamp them down. And um, he is doing very well for himself in school. And also with his money. Um, he has a lot of schemes. He has a lot of schemes. Uh, the latest one is um <laughs> to make butter bugs. <laughs> Bug butter mm-hmm. is one of the um. So reading it is one thing. Hearing it out loud repeatedly <laughs> is just eventually funny. Like yeah. the word bug butter. Right. What? That's that's ridiculous. Right. Also kind of gross. Right. Um. It's so gross. It's so gross. And you should hear part of the joy of this book to me is Grover Gardner's narration of Enrique Borgos. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's just... It's it's a, sort of a semi-Spanish accent. Oh, yeah, because cause uh, Escobar is definitely space Spain. <laughs> 
Yes, 100% Spain in space. Um, <laughs> but he also does really well with sort of the bumbling. It's just really well narrated. And oh. every time Dr. Borgos was um, <laughs> not on screen, that's not the right word. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Every time page. he was on the page. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just giggled to myself. Yeah. I did um, not like him originally, but I liked him a lot more the second time. Around. The second time. Um, I think it's also because I think I overestimated how old he was supposed to be and didn't realize he was like in his twenties. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. These All definitely this makes so yes. much more sense yeah. now. Um <laughs> so have you I this is a dumb question. Okay. You've watched golden girls right only about a million times so do you know what i'm gonna say that re- he reminds me of uh no do you remember when rose applied for a job at the television studio and okay. she worked with enrique mas <laughs> <laughs> and he said the name uh, like that every time like he was the consumer reporter and uh-huh. do you remember now <laughs> vaguely but oh my gosh so I, whenever i got the episode but enrique Mas. yeah so she if you google it people find that you i'm sure it's on youtube i'm gonna it's I'm, also on hulu oh i'm gonna look for it now um to see if it's on YouTube. Uh, Enrique. I don't know how you spell it. M-A-S, maybe? Yeah. If I I Google Enrique Golden Girls, it comes up um, Enrique Iglesias. (laughs) Oh, that's probably not it. Yeah. Okay, I think I found it. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So, point being, she applied for a job at a television studio with the consumer reporter who, like, needed people to help, like, test products. Um, Mm -hmm. And the guy's name was Enrique Mas. And he Mm -hmm. said it, Enrique Mas, every time, (laughs) like, like, he would introduce himself to someone. And it was really funny <laughs> so every time i read his name i want the his full name i wanted to say enrique Boros. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah. amazing yes so random golden girls crossover <laughs> um so yeah they enrique burgos has designed these bugs that regurgitate this butter type thing that's edible and um it it's really gross yep <laughs> but um he has it's a bug butter he has a point people like honey <laughs> it's true um but um it's like the perfect food because it can keep forever it can it's very like bland so it can be flavored different ways mm-hmm. and the bugs will eat pretty much anything and then regurgitate food. So Mark being the more practical person, um, the more the business person is like, 
we could sell these. Especially we could sell them on Berear because they still have all this, you know, you know, they have all the agriculture stuff. So people would buy the bugs to eat up then, the byproducts and then right. and then they could use the and then I think it's Kareen who's like, you can use the guano for like fertilizer. People would pay or no, I think a Katarin says, You you could use this for fertilizer. And then also she's like, Well, can you like genetically modify them to eat Berearin vegetation? Because like they're still trying to terraform this planet. Um and the Berearin vegetation is poisonous to people. So if you can even if you can just figure out how to get them to eat that, um, that would Great. people would pay for it. <laughs> Especially yep. the Verkozigans who have, you know, irradiated land still. <laughs> right. That still glows. Mm -hmm. Well, it just stopped. It's starting glowing, to fade. Yes. It's fading. Yeah. So um so this becomes a scheme. Uh Miles lets them set up a lab. In Verkozian house, Kareen uh, and Ekaterin get involved, um, and uh, Ma Costi also becomes involved because they're like, you can make anything taste good. You can good. make this delicious, and because they offer a taste to people, and it's like nothing. Yeah. It's like communion, like communion wafers. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but Ma Costi thinks it's the best because it's like a blank canvas and she also like miles likes a challenge um miles is did miles is not real thrilled about all of this he's not he's he's got prejudices against the butterbugs i mean yes, he, i think the i bug do butter. Too. yes yeah <laughs> um yeah. but um so they you know Mark and Corrine have a lot to figure out with their relationship. And poor Mark is just, like, in limbo this whole book. Like, I just want to give her what she wants, but I don't know what she wants because she doesn't know what she wants. Um, So I don't know what I want. So I, I don't know <laughs> what to do. And Corrine yeah. um... is also like, I just want to stop feeling like I have to make a decision, which, you know... She's 19. Fair. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you have to make a decision yet, Kareen. No. And she does not realize that because she's on Berear. And but she also thinks she has to choose between him and her family. Right. And, like, I think one of the lessons from this book that is very subtle, it doesn't hit you over the head with it, but it's um, to listen to your elders um, and to use the advice of your elders and to use them to your advantage. You don't have to do everything by yourself. That's yeah. what they're there for, to help you. Um, and, like, if they had done that, they probably could have fixed their problems a lot earlier. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, to be fair... Cordelia is not around during the first part of the book, so it's not like Corrine could go talk to her. But um, well, I think or the Mark could go talk to her. Mostly listen to Cordelia. Yes, and which is why she couldn't be there in the first part of the book to make everything right, go terribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so 
the other plots of the other plot of the book involves the Council of Counts, and this is like where the meat of the like political plot comes into play, which yep. which are is very much in the background for most of the book until you realize, oh, everything's sort of been leading to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is um, Count Vor- Rene Vor Breton um, and his wife. Um, Tatia are um, uh, you're doing better than I am I can't remember her name <laughs> are getting ready to start their baby um, and Tatia is friends with Olivia Kudelka from school um, so like they're they're all they're all friends and um, during the gene scan it came out that Renee was one eighth Setagandan um and this news got out, um, was somehow leaked among the counts. They he started being called Lord Gembreton, which actually sounds quite nice. But. <laughs> yes, um, and um, th- the um, his closest male relative Sigur, who I think is his cousin. Decided to uh, to basically sue for the challenge him for the count. Yeah, yeah, because as a set of Gandon, he should not have claim to it. There's right. a bit of a problem with this whole theory. I would wager that many of them have set Gandon blood in them <laughs> because there was a hundred year set Gandon occupation at Tw- twenty years. But that's oh, I thought still, it was like a hundred. No, no, it it was a hundred years ago when I think. Oh, when I maybe think it that's happened. what it was. Okay, but twenty years is twenty still, years is a long time. It's a generation. People you know, making babies. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's happened in real life. <laughs> um, it, yes. Um, and you know there there's a lot of problems with that because of the whole like thinking of people as collaborators, and in Renee's case, like. He, the the relative who was part gem was a bastard, um, and not a legitimate kid. Um, but the way um the countships are passed down and the like the way inheritance rules, it doesn't have to be the firstborn son. Like they can make it be whoever they want to. It just usually is the firstborn son. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so yeah, there's. You know, I can see the point of, oh, well, it wasn't legitimate, but Renee's like, well, that was years ago. We don't know. Also, like, it's one eighth of his, like, lineage. Like, right. Well, that, I mean, Miles, in real world terms, speaks to all of the things we did and, and do with Native Americans and, mm-hmm. um, or indigenous peoples and, and a- the African American population, like yeah. one drop, was considered like you. And and currently, you have to prove that you're enough Native American mm-hmm. to be like considered part of a tribe. Uh huh. But back um, in the day, if it was, it was the opposite. It was pretty much if you were part. Um, if you know, if I think I can't remember way exactly what how the slave laws worked but it was pretty much like if you were i i know it was if your mother was a slave you were a slave even if your father was not if your father was white you know or something um and if you were like 
a free person and it was found out that you had, you know, African-American blood, then you could have also been enslaved. Um, yep. So, you know, it's similar rules, similar sort of how how the genetics work, I guess. All right. You know? but, and uh, thankfully... But the but I well. think I think the difference is though it is, you know, the the Setagandans are like the the villains of the Vercozzi of the of this saga. So it would be like in Vichy France mm-hmm. if you know you found out your great 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 whatever grandfather was a nazi um that it would right. be then a- you were automatically a nazi and you'd be disin you know yeah and that's right. this you know same situation even though renee had no idea and you know uh you know of course can't stand the set of gandans for what they did uh so yeah it's i can see both sides but I sympathize with Renee because he's just, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. <laughs> like, yep. I don't like the, I don't like the set of Gandans. Like, I don't, I don't even. I've never I, even been I there. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's been very depressed. His wife has been depressed. They're not going forward with their baby. Um, it's just sad all around. <laughs> Excuse me. So, like, Miles gets, you know, Miles starts talking to him and, like, says he'll support him. And it's, you know, oh, thanks, Miles. Thanks, you know, Lord Rokos again. You're a great guy. <laughs> um, the other challenge with the Countship is a lot more complicated. <laughs> yes. Um, so... Um, Ivan, Ivan's plot starts out when Byerly Vorutier gets him to come and meet his cousin, Lady Donna, at the shuttle port. Because Ivan and Lady Donna used to have a little bit of a thing. Even though Lady Donna was like 20 years older. 20 years older. She was Mrs. Robinson. (laughs) Yes. And Ivan is okay with that he is 100% okay with it (laughs) I don't think Alice was but probably not um, because she would be like Alice's age yeah well and also she was not the right type no no she's I think she's a little younger but she was not the right type of vor she was more promiscuous and not proper oh yes very very bad Mm -hmm. Um, but you know Ivan is Ivan. Um, <laughs> so um, Ivan, you know, is sad that a lot of the ladies are being swooped up and is like, sure, you know, Donna's single again. You know, she had Maybe three we husbands. Can, uh, um, we, yeah. can, we can rekindle things. Um, now, the Verutier Countship is up for uh, debate because the former count... What was his name? Pierre, I believe, um, passed away unexpectedly. He wasn't very old, 
Um, and he had not named an heir. He he was not married. He did not have any children, and he had not named a, whatever he wanted as his heir. Um, so Lady Donna is his firstborn, right? No, she's his sister. Oh, right. Okay, right. So their their father was the count. Uh, yes. Pierre inherited it from him. Um, if if the if Brer had um uh what do they call it they i think they call it the when male it's the firstborn pr- well it's think it's male primogenitor if brayar did not had where it didn't have to be male primogenitor i don't know what the word for that is but if basically if females could inherit she would have been next in line and gotten right. the countship um, and she based after her third husband died, she basically moved down to the district and helped her brother and ran the whole thing. Yeah, helped her brother run it. Um, the next in line by Baron male primogenitor is Richard. How do they say his name? Richard's? Richards. It's a Richards. stupid name for a stupid person. <laughs> he is stupid. <laughs> I'm I sorry to like anyone named Richards. Um, but Richards is a bad person. And um, he raped Lady Donna when she was 13 and no one believed her. Hello, yeah. real world implications. <laughs> and then drowned her puppy and said she had done it. So he's just completely the terrible. Worst? The worst. Also, there's some suspicion that he's like, he like uh, sabotaged. I can't remember if it was her husband's light flyer or his his wife's I think light his flyer. Brother, some, his wife, that's what it the, is. Yes, because then yeah. they couldn't have kids. Uh-huh. He's just terrible. And Lady Donna has, you know, under his, you know, confidence that he did not want Richards to be count. Which, of course, you would think that he would then do something about it, but whatever. But he died before he could. Yes. So Lady Donna has basically hightailed off to Beta Colony. And no one knows what what she's doing there and what her plan is. But she has basically sued to stop Richards from getting the Countship. Um, Good for her. Yes. And um, there's speculation that she has gotten him cloned. That she, Hmm. like... It had him cloned and then, like, got impregnated with him. Um, Like, all these crazy theories. I mean, what happened is fairly, like... (laughs) Unbelievable by Barrera and Sanders. Yep. But, um, you know, all Ivan is thinking of is, I'm going to sleep with her later. (laughs) So they get... They get to the shuttle port. He's got flowers because, of course, he does. And they're waiting. And then uh, Byerly is like, oh, there they are. And, you know, they see the armsmen coming off the shuttle, uh, carrying the the belongings. And then there's this man with them that Ivan does not recognize. And he's like, oh, is that some sort of cousin? Like a Verute cousin? Is that what she was doing? Like, did did like she find someone and she like, ran off to find someone to inherit? Yeah. And then you can just see the light bulb coming on, on his head, which is hilarious in a written book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it she somehow makes it work. And then all of a sudden Ivan goes, 
Oh, hell, Donna, you did it! (laughs) (laughs) And yet, she did. Yeah. She did. So, Lady Donna went to Beta Colony and came back two months later as Lord Dono Verutier, um, who, as the second son to a count whose brother is deceased, is next in line for the countship. And now... This brings me to one of my frustrations with this book. Actually, it's not really a frustration with this book. It's with Berea in general. Mm-hmm. Is no one at any point in this book brings up the fact that if women could inherit, <laughs> that this would not have happened. That basically Lady Donna was driven to this measure because of their stupid sexist laws. Yep. Um... Also, I am not transgender, so I don't feel like I can speak to this with any authority. But I'd be very interested in reading interviews with Bujold or like hearing from trans people who've read this book because it treats it so matter of factly that, like, Donna, like, with the exception of Ivan being like, but I wanted to sleep with you, and now and oh, like I don't, he slips. I don't know. Yeah, he slips with the pronouns like right at the beginning, and mm-hmm. you could sort of like like chalk that up to just him being shocked. I mean, he didn't know it was coming. Right. To be fair, yeah, and it, I mean, it is a very abrupt transformation if you're not expecting it. Yeah, um, but like afterwards he's pretty much like okay dono is dono now right and even people like in the once we get further into the council of counts and things nobody bats that much of an eye about it yeah like pretty much the only person that is really like like the the conservative party is like there are some of them who are very much like okay whatever this is a sick joke Right. Um, and then there are ones who just think it's making a joke of the council, but they also don't deny that Dono is now a man. A man. Even they, you know, they basic Byerly basically recruits Ivan as an impartial witness, knowing how knowing Ivan is close to the Rakozigans and close to Gregor specifically, mm-hmm. wants his support, and he's like I'm not going to support this, but um, I won't not support it. And then they right. basically are like, all right, well, here. And Ivan or Dono just drops Trow and is like, you're my witness. I'm now a man. And he's like. And Ivan's like, yeah. Yeah. You, ha- you have I mean, the parts. And then, of course, he wants to yep. know where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, which, which, again. I don't want to necessarily speak to it or like get into it as I don't have that expertise, but or you know even just that viewpoint. But um, you know the whole idea of your genitalia does not make your gender, uh, right? That I think it's right. I think you know this book was written in 1999, and I think it it shows in this way, um, but also like. It's a society. But I think in on Berear, 
because it's such a male dominated society mm-hmm. and and in many ways very backward yeah i think on beta colony you know dono could have been whoever he wanted to be in whatever form he wanted right. to be and it would all be fine yeah on berear on berear it is very much we need ivan to witness that all of the parts are correct. <laughs> right. Because um, that's because what that's... makes somebody a man on Berear. Yes. Now, is that true or not? I mean, we don't think so anymore. No. But that's what the Berear in laws. I mean, these are still people. I'm trying to think of an example of how backward they are on Berear, but. I mean, I mean it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's still they're they're still killing babies who are oh, who right. have any sort of mutation. Who are mutations? Yeah. So yeah. So we're talking it's... about a society that, you know, if if when when Lady Donna made this decision, mm-hmm. she knew that it had to be according to the Berean standard of gender. Rules. Right, exactly. Yes. And because otherwise there you can't they they wouldn't have allowed no the, the case to come forward, you right. know? I I would really love to read Cordelia's thoughts on Dono. <laughs> oh my god, I'm sure Cordelia's like well, I mean, stupid Berea that you had yeah. to do this in the first Berearans. place. Berearans. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, Cordelia would be appalled that, I'm sure Cordelia is appalled right. that Lady Donna couldn't have inherited just the way that she was. Right. That she had to go through this massive change. Right. And couldn't be order- like, and couldn't just go in front of the count- Council of Counts and be like, hey, Richards, he's a dick. Right, because they wouldn't have believed her. They didn't no. believe her. Yeah. Um, so I think it says there are a lot of statements that it makes about what it's the difference between being a man yeah. there and the difference between being a woman. Yeah, exactly. Um, it it I would like to read like some sort of discussion on you know, transgenderism in in this society and in this in the saga in general because mm-hmm. it's it's very fascinating and like especially because of the way Dono speaks to um, people about you know inheriting the countship and if it doesn't work out, will he go back to Beta Colony and reverse the surgery? And he's like, no, I was a woman for 20 years and I think I'm or for 40 years I think and I I'm I'm over it now I, yep. I'm good like and he's like I like being a man it I feel more confident I you know it, it's like so like you kind of cock your head during those scenes and you're like like so maybe you are what we would call transgender um, yeah because you maybe you clearly f- are at home in this skin. Yeah. As this person, it doesn't feel like you've put on a mask. Right. You um, know. So and 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 also you wonder is that a is that a result of the bait and surgery? Um 
you know, do, do the feelings come after the surgery or did the feelings come before did you have the surgery? Before? We don't, I don't know. know. And very quickly, he has a lady friend. Yes. Um, <laughs> Much to the chagrin of the Kudelkas. Man, the Kudelkas are like, where did we go wrong? <laughs> but I mean, they're doing pretty good. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I think they're doing great. But by right. traditional Barry Aaron standards, one daughter yeah. is trying to get married off to a clone. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the other one is, is taken up with... Um, Lord Dono and, and, you know. And Lord Dono is, like, 20-something years older than Olivia. Uh-huh. Like, that's, that's, the, wor- that's so the worst. That's the worst. I mean, that, I mean, that is the problem. That Lord Dono was previously Lady Donna is not a problem and shouldn't be a problem. It's the old enough to be your dad. <laughs> yep. Or as someone says, or her mother, certainly. <laughs> When they say that, oh my god! So, so yeah. So Ivan gets sucked in, and his his advice is, don't try to surprise Gregor. And this is very nice of of Ivan for saying so. And he gets yes. he gets them to meet with Gregor, and Gregor sort of gives his blessing by saying the magic words. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um. So basically, well, because he's not outright saying no. Yeah, it's not his which decision. He could do he could, but it's not his he's decision. The emperor, nope. Yeah. Um, and he is secretly a progressive, um, and secretly does not like Richards. Probably. <laughs> um, I mean, do we have to be secret about it? Yeah. So, like, he's you know, a rapist puppy drowner. Like. Yes. And Dono is has already pledged his vote to the progressive party. Uh, Renee is progressive, so Miles basically decides he's gonna, you know, try to. I well, he hasn't really decided to help Dona yet, but he's definitely gonna help Renee. But, oh, because Renee is also his friend. Yes. So, um, so all of the plots basically come together with this dinner party. <laughs> The best dinner party ever. Or worse. <laughs> I mean, depends on who you ask. <laughs> so Miles um, has decided to have this dinner party um, to introduce a Katarin to everyone. Um, everyone knows that Miles wants to court her and is basically doing so without her knowledge and that he has hired her to do this garden in order to get close to her. Um, a Katarin knows none of this. And they all sort of know they're not supposed to say anything about it. Which is just ridiculous because we all know that no Yeah. It's not only one person can keep There's a like secret. seventeen people at this dinner party. And they all know. Yeah. So the so the participants in the dinner party all are as follows. And let's see if I can name them all by memory. There's Miles. It's <laughs> a fun exercise. There's Miles. There's a Katerin. There's the professor and the professora. Um, there is the Kudelka. Well, Ivan and Dono. Yes, because who is I've, a date. Yeah, Ivan was <laughs> going to take Lady Donna, and then um, don't, when he mentioned that, Dono was like, "Oh, Ivan, sure." And also, Dono thinks this is a great time to like talk to Miles and like talk to other people and gain support. Get their support. Yes. Yep. Um, there is Simon and Alice. Yep. Um, Enrique Borgos. <laughs> uh, 
Renee and Tatia Verbreton. Um, okay, that's 11. There's the, and then the six Kudelkas. So that's 17. Yep. Oh, I did it all. So um, Miles goes through and makes the seating chart. And he has, like, had his servants, his servants and his armsmen come in and, like, make everything perfect. And Alice shows up first. And Alice goes around and looks at the table and is like, very good, Miles. <laughs> Which is, like, <laughs> the biggest gold star you could get yep. from Alice for Patrol. Um, and then, you know, the people start arriving. They are in the library People are very interested in Lord Dono. Um, there's all these awkward conversations going on. Um, uh, and then they go into the dinner party. Um, now, the first thing is that Miles and Ivan have, and Mark and Ivan have conspired to change the seating because Mile, Mark wanted to be close to Kareen and Ivan wanted to be away from Dono. <laughs> so they messed up all of Miles's place settings. Careful place settings. And as much of a jerk as Miles is being in this book, that offended me so much. Yeah, I mean, it really you know offended me. To do place settings? I could imagine how much you were offended. I was very offended by this <laughs> this whole thing. For those who have don't know or have forgotten, Robin plan helps with wedding planning and designing <laughs> as a yep. as a drop. <laughs> yeah, I I would have been uh... And I called Robin frantically a few days before my wedding saying, "Um, my cousin from New York is coming to my wedding. Surprise." <laughs> I don't know where to sit her. <laughs> Help. It's we made it work. We I don't did. remember what we did, but we made it work. We made it work. But, um, like, he put in so much work, and then they were like, you know, whatever. Use it for their own... Ugh, it makes me I, angry. If that had been my party, and that was my cousin, yeah, I would have had... They would have heard about it. And especially like, considering who Ivan's mother is. Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, no. Mm -mm. But unfortunately, um, Miles doesn't really get a chance to be angry at them because everything goes to hell. <laughs> so, In a handbasket. Uh, yeah. So the dinner starts off okay. There's conversation. Some of it's awkward. Ekaterin is like next to Ilion, which is kind of awkward, especially because Ilion still is doesn't remember, remember things. Yeah. And, and that's quite the plot point. Yes. Um, they slowly Miles slowly starts to realize they're eating bug butter and tells the armsman that she needs to not serve anything with bug butter which Ma Costi is very angry about because she has like planned her planned entire menu about it <laughs> um, and no one would have known mm -hmm. um, so they go around. Um, Enrique Borgos makes a big show of presenting Miles with a gift which is a Rokosigan crested butterbug. And like <laughs> I picture butterbugs as looking like bigger palmetto bugs. Uh, which are gross. Uh, and like I'm trying to imagine a little palmetto bug with like rhinestones on it. And I'm thinking like of like 
Did you ever see, did you ever watch America's Next Top Model? Occasionally. There was an episode where they had to take pictures with cockroaches that had uh-uh, like jewels. I did not watch that because I can't. Mm-mm. It had nope. jewels on them and that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, no. I So little known fact, or if you know me, quite well known fact. <laughs> um, I am petrified of palmetto bugs. Well, Robin, you should not move to Florida then. <laughs> well, I mean, we have them here too, oh, okay. unfortunately. Okay. You know, they fly. Yeah, those um, who don't know what palmetto bugs are, if you live in other parts of the countries, Google them. You won't uh, sleep. Or don't. You might <laughs> never sleep again. Um, they're like the g- giantest flying cockroaches. And mm. they're like three inches long. Four, yeah, about three inches long at their biggest. And they're revolting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you're right. I kind of imagine them to be just bigger versions of that with like a round head I don't know why but like an ant head is what's in my brain yeah but mostly because I don't like cockroaches so um I couldn't my brain was like no uh uh-uh yeah yeah they look like ants with wings yeah so so yeah so anyway (laughs) the Miles is like thanks but no thanks uh sends them away um he gets really angry but then he sees a katarin and he realizes that he needs to rein in his anger which um appreciated um and then um (laughs) uh alice is talking about something and then she just stops and goes miles what does that cat what is that creature have in its mouth <laughs> and it's the kittens come yep. trampling into the 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 ballroom and um are have the butter bugs in their mouth and are playing with the butter bugs which is just like a palmetto bug in a cat it's fucking hilarious i use my yep. one f bomb because it's so funny so the cats are now you know carting these bugs around the house and then miles is like where did they come from? And he leaves, several other people leave to the uh, lab and realize that the bugs have gotten loose. And Miles is flipping out. And he is like, you have to do something about this or I'm calling in an exterminator before my parents get here tomorrow, uh, which is very important. The, ca- the Count and the Countess are due to back tomorrow. And Enrique's like, no, you can't kill them. You can't kill my bugs. And my then girls. a Katerin happens to come and overhear this. And she's like, Lord Varko's again. And she's so like horrified. And Miles is like, oh, oh, God, no, must I've done fix. the wrong thing. And then like she's starting to feel bad for Enrique. And he's like, oh, no, no, can't have that. Can't have that. Can't have that. So um, he's like, um, yeah, so, um, we'll go search for them after at the party. Let's all go back. Um. And have dinner now. Yeah, so they, they go and have dessert. Also, Miles has been, like, plying him with the wine. He keeps, like, keep filling the wine. Um, so. It's never a good um, plan, Miles. No. Dessert comes, which is basically bug butter ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, because Makasi could not do anything else. 
in such a short notice, and it's really delicious, <laughs> much to Miles's chagrin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, a Katarin told her it would be better cold. Yeah, and Mile and Mark is like, yes, jackpot, jackpot. Um, so it looks like the party might be a success. And then Ilion, and then, and then Ilion says. So, Ekaterin, how long has Lord Vorkozigan been courting you? Has he popped the question yet? And it is literal definition of you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> and Miles is just like, oh god, oh god. Like, um, I have to fix this. Um, you know, like he is basically envisioning like being on a raid and having the enemy close in, and you have you have to f- for momentum you have to fix it and he goes uh yes um about that L- lady uh, lady like lady Swanson, will you marry uh, me and like you can he like see the cringes on people's faces even in a book <laughs> it's so yep. bad it was um, really bad but also awesome and then a katarin puts down her plate her fork and it's like what lord vokuzigan i was under the impression that you liked gardens and it's like knife in the heart twist it stab it deeper and she just gets up and leaves and she's like you know aunt uncle i will see you at home and and on the way out of course, Miles is like, no, 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 I have to fix, I can't let her leave. And so he basically goes to the door and is like, Katerin, please let me under- let me explain. And she's she wants none of it. She's like, nope, you lied to me, you know, and I told you never to lie to me. And there, she can't leave because there's a force field. And he's, she's like, let me leave this house. And he's like, no, let me explain. And so finally... You know, she's so angry and she says to him, which is important for later, this could have been my gift. And Miles, of course, has no, she has no idea what the hell that means. What does that yep. mean? Um, and finally, uh, armsman Pim happens to come in and she goes, open this door right now. And he's like, um, okay, yes, ma'am. <laughs> opens the door <laughs> and she goes to leave and bumps right into the chest of one uh, Viceroy Count Admiral Errol Vokosigan, former Prime Minister and Lord Regent Current of Berea. Regent of Sergiar. Viceroy of Sergiar. Viceroy of Sergiar. Um, and she is like I'm I'm leaving, blah blah blah, and, and they're all like, "What is happening?" And he's like, "Um, mother, father, I'd like you to introduce you to. She's getting away." <laughs> <laughs> and, and Cordelia's like, "Is this for business or pleasure?" And like, basically saying, "Is this an auditorial thing, <laughs> or are you just being a dumbass?" Um. So yeah, he's just being a they, dumbass. He realizes, oh crap. They made orbit early and decided to come down um, and sleep in their own bed, which is completely I understandable. Mean, who can blame them? It's their house. They didn't know this was happening. Um, right. <laughs> and they come in as the disastrous dinner party is going on. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention the even more disastrous part when um, 
it, Enrique blurts out during the middle of dinner that Kareen and Mark went to the orb. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So the orb is Beta Colony's like pleasure dome. Dome. And yeah. of course, Commodore Kudalka is like <laughs> smoke coming out of his ears. They're like, we'll discuss this later. Oh, oh, my, that's the worst. Um, hearing we'll discuss this later yeah. is akin to I'm so disappointed in you yeah. in the sinking feeling it elicits <laughs> I know, right? in my stomach. So yeah. the 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 dinner party is basically decamping. And yep. and um as they as they're all leaving, uh Koo spots Errol and says and like you have to remember how far back these two gentlemen go, you know? Ku, I mean, Ku was Errol's thirty years. Who was Errol's secretary basically while he was regent, and you know, you know, Ku was injured um, on the where Errol and Cordelia met, and you know, it's you know, Errol decided to give him the job as his assistant because you know. It, he couldn't really be in the active service anymore um, with his uh, nerve disruptor injury. Um, so, like, they've been and, fa- and you know, they went with Cordelia to get the pretender's head. Like, they have a lot of history together. They've been friends for decades. And um, <laughs> Ku spots Errol and says, Errol, do you know what your son has been doing? And Errol just looks at him and calmly says, which one? Which one? And there's a really, really sweet passage, um, which I'm actually going to find because the way it's written is so lovely. Um, And I want to get it correct because it's just... um, So it is... um, Commodore Kudelka's eye fell on the returnees as the rolling altercation piled up in the hallway. Ha! Errol! He snarled. Do you realize what your son has been up to? The Count blinked. Which one? He asked mildly. The chance of the light caught Mark's face as he heard this offhand affirmation of his identity. Even in the chaos of his hopes pinwheeling to destruction, Miles was glad to have seen the brief, odd look that passed over those fat, distorted features. Oh, brother. Yeah, this is why men follow this man. And I thought that was a really, really nice moment in the midst uh-huh. of all this chaos. Like, sort of, because we haven't really, after Mirror Dance, we haven't really seen the two of them together. So this book, it really confirms them as brothers. Um, right. Which is sweet and nice. And Mark deserves it. Um, even though he's not i mean he's not really being a butt he's just you know still not sure what he's doing mm-hmm. miles on the other hand is definitely being a butt <laughs> <laughs> so the morning after comes mark has gorged himself um because that's what he does that's how he copes um cordelia goes to see him and basically is like would you like me to help you? <laughs> and he's like, will you? Um, and she, she's like, 
you know, you can ask me if you want my help. That is what we are here for. Um, and he's just like, okay, I, you know, whatever. Sure. Um, <laughs> and here, I love this part. Um, uh, be careful how you aim this woman. The countess was to obstacles as a laser cannon was to flies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was great. Uh, that that conversation was very nice. I love her. I love her um, telling him that you can't backpack your parents. Like, you can't that's what not, your parents? You can't pay back your parents. That's not right. how it yes. works. You basically yep. pay it forward to your children. Um, and it's it's very very nice. And he's he's she's basically saying like. If you want me, I will help you. And I am here for you. Yeah. And so he doesn't really do anything about it yet, but the seed is there. Right. Um, We go to a Katerin who has a huge headache and Nikki wants to know, you know, what what's going on, Um, you know. And she's like, uh, (laughs) he's like, you have a hangover? (laughs) Mama? (laughs) (laughs) um and like he's really surprised like he's mad that she quit because he was friends with the armsman's son and he wants to continue to play and see lord forkos again and yeah and then and then um the professora comes in and it's like talking to him and she's like i had a very long conversation with lady forkos or with countess forkos again and i was like i want to see that conversation that would be fun i want to be their friends I want to see all things involving Cordelia. <laughs> yes, but especially them. Too. Yes. yes. Um, and so uh, her aunt's like, you realize you didn't tell him no. And she's like, shit. Shit, I did. What does that mean? And she is starting to like wonder, what am I feeling? Like, mm-hmm. Do um, I have feelings? And if I do, can that even can I do anything about them? Because he's like sullied my honor. Uh-huh. Um, because like basically that's all she has left. <laughs> that's yep. all she has. Period. Um, and then we go to Miles, who is completely hungover because he does what all Vorkosigans do when they're upset and they drink to excess. Drink their problems away. Um, so he finally gets up around nighttime and goes to talk to his parents and they're all chipper and he's like i hate you and then like cordelia is just waiting for him to like ask for help and then she's finally like like he keeps like venting and like moping and she's like do you are are you asking what to do like are you actually going to listen to me or do you just doing want to hear yourself speak and he's like um Yes, help. <laughs> and help, so, please. And so help. finally, she's like, You owe her an apology. Um, well, first, he doesn't understand what the problem was. And they explain right. to and- him about an incident in the past where one of the armsmen let him win at crossball. And when he found out, he was so angry about it. And like, it just basically ruined what could have been his victory. And 
he is not understanding what that has to do with anything. And then they just, his parents just stare at him. And then realization seeps in and he's like, oh God. Oh, oh, I did that to oh, her? I made her feel that way. Yeah. And then they're like, yes. And he goes, I did that to her. <laughs> um, and then like, he like is saying how he really loves her and he cares about her and he doesn't know how to fix it. And she's and Cordelia's like, you can't fix this. You owe her an apology and you need to give that to her and make it abject and not expect anything out of it. And he's like, should I do it over com? Should I just do it over com console or have it? handwritten and she's like i think the fact that you asked that question is that you know the answer mm-hmm. so he's like all right fine i'm gonna go do this <laughs> because of course when someone gives miles Ricozy in a task he does it he is just on it so um he is ready to write his apology and um we'll see if it works for him (laughs) (laughs) in part two yes because that is let's see where where we are now let me look at the recorder one hour 36 minutes (laughs) which is perfect because nobody wants to listen to a three hour um (laughs) well we do three hour tour i mean i would but (laughs) you know what i mean yes so yeah that's the first half of the book. Um, we've re- we've been to the darkest moment, and now hopefully we'll find our way up. We'll see. Dig up, Miles. Dig up. Yes, dig up. Dig up. <laughs> um, which is a good metaphor for most of the things in his life. Yes. Um. Um. Some little world building things that we've found so far in this book. Um. Miles is serving as Errol's proxy vote while he's on Sergiar, which yes. is Miles basically learning how to be Count, which is good because he will one day be Count. Um, and he's really sort of come into his own. And it's really fun seeing him this way after having read about him as a mercenary for so long. Like, it just feels very satisfying, you know, like watching your own yep. kid grow up. <laughs> Um, we get to see a lot more of the Kudelkas, who are great, except I don't like the way Ku is talking about Mark. Um, I don't like the way a lot of people talk about Mark, by the way. Um, they're very um, body shaming, and I am not a yeah. fan of it. Nope. Um, but again, I think on, I'm not excusing it, but I think that there's such a focus on fitness. Yes. They're, you know, being, and I understand where it comes from if you're, uh, you know, cut off from the rest of the galaxy. Yeah. And you don't have advanced medicine. You don't have anything. Yes, there is real emphasis on being physically fit to work the land. Right. And not having mutations and all that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, this, that, that was generations ago that that was happening. So the hope is that it's going away. Yeah. But you still see remnants of it um, in the way that people treat Mark. Yeah. And there is some concern about his health um, Mm -hmm. because he is like gone to 
gotten like weight loss meds that are very bad for you and is using them against like the doctor's orders. Uh-huh. Um, so in that way, there is cause to be concerned. But well, also his metabolism is kind of broken. Yeah, for his size because yeah. he's supposed to be a normal know, height, right? An average height person mm-hmm. and an average bodied person, but because they broke him in so many ways, his metabolism hasn't caught. So he's all just kind of a mess. Yeah. And um, he hasn't really figured out what he wants his final, uh, you know, body to be like. Um, yeah. And I think, like, that's part of, like, this in this book of him figuring out, like, who who he wants to be. And then what he who he wants to be is has to be fine for everyone else because he's the one in his body and he's that's all that matters, you know? Right. He needs to be comfortable. Right. He doesn't need to make other people comfortable. Right. But all the comments As about do him. We all. Yes. And but all the comments about him make me make me upset. Yeah, no, it's I don't it's like not it. okay. I don't like it. Um Miles along with being Errol's proxy, has fully established himself as the head of the Rakuzigan family. Um, was that, there ever a doubt? Well, well, you know, because when he showed up in memory, like, there was freaking nothing in the house. Um, well, that's true. Now he's got the whole floor, you know, he's he's got a, you know, he's imperial auditor, he's in the Council of Counts, people know him, they respect him. Um... So, you know, it's, it's, I like the fact that Errol gets to see Miles in this role without him Mm -hmm. having to be dead. (laughs) Because, well, because I mean, usually that's what happens, you know, the count dies, the son takes place. The new count, the king is dead, long live the king sort of deal. But Errol gets to see Miles be count with him still being alive, which is nice. Pretty awesome. Probably Errol did that on purpose. Um. I don't know that he got appointed to the uh, Sergiar so that he could watch no. Miles, but... But it was a good yes. side yeah, side effect. Yeah. Um, you know, we get to see more about how the Council of Counts works, um, like the actual daily goings-on and how the voting works and the, diff- mm-hmm. the politics involved. Um, and, you know, you realize that it's not... You know, yes, Gregor is the be-all, end-all of Berear, but there's also this other power structure going on that he needs to have control of. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if he doesn't, any one of them can take over. Can take right over. Yep. Um, And then I really love the community of armsmen. (laughs) Because they're like a bunch of gossiping old ladies. Yep. Like, they're the the um, counterpoint to Alice for Patrol and all of her... Like friends, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, the armsmen are lovely, but you also sent me a text that said you needed an armsman. I do need an armsman, and I think we should bring this practice back. We hire people <laughs> that are just like, or or import it from Berear. We hire people to do things like um, drive cars and install light bulbs, and you know protect us that kind of thing right i like it um and we have not discussed this at all because it's really 
it's it's a plot as far as Ivan is involved in the planning and as is Miles. But um you know, Gregor's wedding is happening. Oh right. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna come up in the next bit. Yeah, so that's that's background um that's background noise. Um, and then I can talk all about how I didn't understand Lace's wedding costume. Yeah, no, it's it's not great. <laughs> it's, it's really not. <laughs> Most of the time I'm like, ooh, that's cool. Ooh, I can see it. Yeah. yeah, I like it. And then we got to that and I was like, what? Well, you can brush it off as Miles having no idea how to explain women's clothing. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be the only thing that I can. Yeah. Uh, it did not sound like it was flattering particularly no. being shaped somewhat like i imagine lisa is shaped uh-huh. because they keep talking about how she's in 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 yiddish it would be like zaftig pleasingly <laughs> yes. pleasingly plump she's good um, birthing hips is what they would exactly. say about her yeah um you know being shaped sort of like that the outfit that she's in does not seem like it would be flattering mm-hmm so yeah. th- that's not what I would want to wear on my wedding day. Yeah. But to become the empress? Yeah. But I can rant about that later. Yes. Tune in for more rants about non-existent historical fashion. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. I think we did it. <laughs> one. Right? Down. Yeah. So thank you all. For joining us for episode 10 of the Rakosa Cast. I can't even decide if the next book will be, or the next episode will be 10.5 or 11, <laughs> but we'll get there when we get there. Um, yep. Join us next time, whatever we decide the number is, as Miles attempts to salvage his horrible courtship. Yeah, he's not doing real well. Ivan inadvertently becomes the big damn hero. Oh, Ivan. And Gregor finally gets hitched. Yay! And everyone in the line of secession breathes a big s- sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Varkosa Cast is a Tashi Station podcast brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Tashi Station for more details. And we thank you all for supporting the show. Follow us on Twitter with the handles at Nancy Pants, at R underscore A underscore Smith, and at Tashi underscore Station. Subscribe to the show on iTunes via the Tashi Station Master Feed or the Tashi Station Book Club Feed. And don't forget to leave us a review. Forward Momentum! 